welcome once again. It's the Chapter 49 podcast. Today is April 28th, 2022, and spring is here. I hope wherever you are watching or listening, you are enjoying good weather. Might be rainy at times, depending on where you are, but we certainly hope that you are doing well wherever you may be. My name is Larry Lannon. I am a volunteer. And uh, I work with Chapter 49 on communication issues, this being the main one right here, this podcast. Uh, We at Chapter 49 represent most IRS employees in the state of Indiana. So once again, we're back. And Duncan Giles, our Chapter 49 president, back as always. And Duncan, uh, we're not going to make as big a deal about this as we did last year. We had our one-year anniversary in 2021, but now we have our two-year anniversary. So we've been doing this for two years. And, Duncan, I think one thing we can take heart in, it's our claim to fame, our podcast has lasted longer than CNN+. Plus. <laughs> for those who yeah, don't, and, we get, and we get paid a heck of a lot less than the stars that were on that, too. Yeah, they got paid. They were on the air for, what, a month? They were online yeah. or whatever for a month, and they still had to pay off their talent. Although the lower-end people uh, are still looking for jobs. I guess this is what you do when you roll out a big promotion for a new streaming service, and you're in the middle of a corporate merger, and the newly merged company says, I don't think I want to do this anymore. So it was, And I do, in all seriousness, feel sorry for all those below the uh, talent level people who are still looking for work, I guess discovery networks has basically now is in charge of CNN and uh, they're trying to find jobs for some very, very good production people and and writers and and technicians and all the people who were involved in that. So um, yeah, but, but we have lasted longer than CNN plus we've uh, two years next to a month. We're doing okay. But I tell you something, Duncan, it was just a little over two years ago and the story is famous. We've told it many times. Uh, you and I had talked on a regular basis. I tried to put a newsletter together, and that's hard work, and we we do it when we can. But some, you know, it's it's uh, something that takes a lot of effort. This also takes a lot of effort, and I just remember you know calling you on the phone, saying, you know, Duncan, I do pr- produce a series of podcasts already. I sort of have the infrastructure set up for that. Um, they, would you like? What do you want to look into doing a podcast? And uh, you didn't ask me any questions. <laughs> you didn't. <laughs> you just said, oh, "Okay, let's do it." And you know, the, <laughs> the thing was, uh, we were prepared. If it didn't work out, or it was just a dud, we would have done it once or twice and said, "You know, forget it." But people actually listened, and now people actually watch. We have, last year or so, we've been uh, we've been adding the the the, the uh, podcast on video as well. So uh, it's it's I think it's worked out better than I thought, and and I will tell you this I I do think although, you know um, I'm a one man band trying to help you with communication, so it's kind of like we do this or the newsletter. I really don't have time to do both. This has turned out to be I think one of uh, the most effective communication um, platforms you can use because as we've said before. I mean, you could be mowing the lawn, you could be doing the dishes, you could be cleaning up the house, you could be doing any number of chores. And I think a lot of us have got the earbuds in, we've got our phones with us, and we listen to all kinds of, of podcasts. I know I do when I'm on the treadmill or if I'm out walking or whatever I might uh, be doing. So I think what we're finding out is that it's just a, an easier way to absorb the information that we have. 
Yeah, absolutely, Larry. And I, I like you, am kind of uh, amazed. It's been around two years now. And that, uh, you know, I just described that to we're giving out good information to folks in a way that seems palatable to them, that they like to do it. As you said, you could be, you know, a scientist under the hood doing whatever. You could be a psychologist in your office. You could be, you know, a UPS driver, or you could be a federal employee. And we hit all those types of folks, um, you know, that like to listen and get information from this. And that's, that's the key thing. It's like, how do we drill down and get information that is helpful to folks uh, so that they can better understand what's going on in their workplace and make it a little bit better and easier for them. That's the bottom line. I want to thank the many people who have agreed to be our guests. We have had uh, Tony Reardon, our national president, on three times. The second time he was on, what I remember most is I'd had a pretty bad bout with COVID at that time, and I wasn't even sure that I could put the thing together. And uh, luckily, uh, I was able to at least set it up. So you asked most of the questions. I did uh, get involved there toward the end. But uh, he's been very gracious with his time to talk to us. I think he's finding it a, an effective way to communicate with people. And, uh, and we've had a lot of other people. We've had uh, a number of people working in the national office of NTEU. Uh, you know, Doreen Greenwell's been on several times, for example. So we, and that's, those are just two. There are many others. I don't want to go down a list. I'll forget somebody. But those are some of the major uh, people we've had on. We've occasionally had people on who are involved with Chapter Nine, Forty Nine, as well. So, and you've had a few of your fellow chapter presidents uh, come on and and talk to us. So, and they've all had something important to say. And they've all added to our knowledge and understanding of what's going on uh, at the national level of our union and also uh, in some of the other chapters uh, that have, you know, it's funny how they have some of the same issues we have and and in some cases a little bit different. But I think uh, we all learn from that. Yeah, absolutely. And I and I echo your sentiments in thanking each and every one of them who've been on in the past and others who will be on in the future and some of the same folks. You know, we're, I'm due to strong arm some more people. I mean, ask some more people to uh, be on the podcast uh, and share their insights with us. And, you know, we, we like to have fun with this podcast. And that's part of it, too. It's not, a you know, with the two of us, God knows it's not going to be dry. Um, and I wouldn't want it to be dry. I want it to be fun. I want it to be informative. And the guests that we've had on our show... Um, for the vast majority of them have been, you know, in that spirit and very informative. You know, I, I do make apologies for Lori McCann of chapter nine up in Chicago. Um, uh, you know, that we, you know, we try and do what we can with her and actually it's chapter, it's not chapter nine, it's chapter 10. I was um, going to say, you just one did you know, one number off. Yeah. Duncan. Chapter yeah, nine is in chapter nine is in chapter nine is in Cincinnati. Reggie Parker at chapter nine. I was about to say um, that. Thank you. Go ahead. <laughs> chapter yeah, nine, Cincinnati. No, in, chapter in, ten, in Chicago. Seriousness, Lori is yeah. Lori is absolutely fantastic. As have all of our guests have been, and that's the thing that I'm probably the happiest about is each and every one of the guests that we've had on have added something to this. Have, have like you said, explained situations from their point of view given us uh, information, whether it's been from a 25,000-foot viewpoint or the same as we are, the boots-on-the-ground type of thing. So thanks to all of them in the past and those that will be on with us in the future, even Lori. 
you and Laurie, it's always fun just to hear the banter back and forth. You like, <laughs> if people didn't know any better, they think you really were at each other's throats. You like each other. You're just, you're just having fun. And uh, I know that. And most people who know you know that. But others are just saying, what, what's, what's all this going on? And we I'll, have the reason we're able to kid like that is we have the utmost respect for each other in actual truthfulness. And Duncan, I'll say this. Uh, you did take a chance by agreeing to, to do this podcast, if it would have fallen on its face, it would have been something would have people would have reminded you of uh, time and time again. Uh, but it did work out. It's worked out now for, for a couple of years. So uh, you have supported it. Not every chapter president would take the time that it requires. It's about an hour's worth of time. And because then you have to put up with me calling you and talking to you about this. So it's probably <laughs> more than an hour every week. But uh, it does take your time, and you are, uh, as any chapter president, very busy. The national office taps into you quite often, and uh, the local chapter, of course, depends on you the most. Excuse me. <clears throat> so you have uh, been willing to devote your time to this. I don't think every chapter president would be willing to do it. So it's it's been through your support that this has lasted two years. Uh, I, like I said, I you know when people talk to me about this and compliment me, I always give the credit to where it's due to you. I say, I just show up and answer questions. Larry's the one that knows how to skillfully ask this due to his past experiences, has the equipment, knows what's going on, and knows how to do it. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think it's just I would, you know, absolutely always do this just because I think it's just so time so well spent in getting information out to folks. And speaking of equipment, <clears throat> I wasn't kidding last time when I said some of my equipment was hanging by a thread. So I had to break down and buy some new equipments, and I think we're a little bit settled here. <laughs> at least the equipment is likely to work, because I say that and something will break down, but at least it looks like it's less likely at this point. So with that all being said, let's talk about the issues of, of the day, if we can. Um, and I want to talk about uh, some uh, kind of a, something that's left over from COVID, and we need to know how to handle it from here. That's the caregiver's leave. It's something that's been going on ever since we've had the evacuation order. And since COVID has changed our lives, our working lives, as well as our, our personal lives. So at the present time, as you and I are speaking today on April 28th, in the middle of the afternoon here in central Indiana, caregiver's leave is still in place, but it will not be in place forever. So can you tell us what you know? about what's going to happen with caregivers leave. Yeah. Caregivers leave is scheduled to end when your evacuation order does for the vast amount of employees. The evacuation order is going to be on that June 25th date, which is actually going to end up being June 27th is the Monday, but that's when the evacuation or the evacuation order will end. So caregiver leave will end for the vast majority of employees at that time. Now, there'll be a few, and we'll get into that in a little bit, that it'll end up on May the 8th if you have to come back to the office. But as of right now, it's looking at June 25th. So please, please, please plan accordingly with that. I've been in meetings all this week talking with employees and hearing about return to office that management has given and this has been one that's come up in every single meeting. So, yeah, this is going to end and you're going to need to make plans if you're caring for children, you're caring for an elderly relative, something like that. You're not going to have this caregiver leave to fall back on come that June date. 
So please plan for this and start looking now, if you haven't already, for alternatives so you can get this taken care of. So the bottom line is you're you're going to have to find some arrangement for this as you would have had there been no COVID. I mean, and you know, someone is, 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 is needing care where that's close to you. You've got to figure out how to take care of that and work at the same time. It's sort of what life was like before the evacuation order. Exactly so. It's it's pre going back to pre-pandemic in that sense, in the fact that it wasn't available then and it's not going to be available after the evacuation order is lifted. So it's just something folks are going to have to struggle with that we have struggled with for decades um, to try and get this you know, find it. And some places, you know, where they've had, it's still tough to find, um, you know, childcare. It's still tough to find adult health, uh, home health care workers. So, you know, I, I know these are issues uh, and national NTU you know, these are issues and we've talked to IRS about this, but the only thing we keep hearing is once the evacuation orders lifted, that will be going away. And some of this is, is is statutory. It's law. I mean, some of it's discretionary at IRS, and you and the the union and the management can talk about that. But uh, a lot of this uh, is rooted in the law, is it not? Correct. That is correct. So that's sort of know why these rules are being implemented. Certainly not something NTEU would like to see, but uh, there are some limits on what even the service can do at our urging. I want to move on to another issue. This has to do with um, telework, something you've been involved with for quite a long time because you helped uh, uh, negotiate the national agreements. You were there from beginning to end in those talks. And there are certain parts we've talked about time and time again, but I do believe there's uh, one issue related to telework that you need to explain again. And it's, it's, sometimes difficult to explain why it has to be done this way, but there is a rule. You know, we have our pay periods. Our pay periods are generally, you know, two weeks in length. And when you have one pay period, you have to come into the office twice during that pay period uh, to be eligible for telework. You can, so if you got 10 days of work days in a, in a, you can have holidays and so forth, but if you have 10 work days, uh, scheduled in, in in a pay period, you have to be in the office two out of those 10 days. First of all, Duncan, explain why that has to happen, despite your efforts at the bargaining table, why that is required, and, and some of the, some of the uh, how should I put it, other issues that uh, root off from that. Yeah, this is one of those things that um, there are situations, and certain agencies have what's called um, home as POD. And that's where basically you would be working from your home and not have to go to a particular uh, office physical location at any time. And we tried and tried different angles, different ways to get that in this latest contract. Uh, management was steadfast against it. Uh, we had a mediator slash arbitrator slash fact finder there. And they had said that you know, if this has been the policy of the IRS, the twice pay period uh, due to locality pay issues. So they're going to have to, you know, if he had to rule, it would be in their favor. And when I talk about locality pay issues, that would be like somebody saying, oh, I've taken a job in Chicago 
So I'm getting Chicago locality pay, but I'm actually based in Indianapolis because the locality pay is for the higher rate of expenses that you would have in a particular location, a Chicago, a Washington, D.C., a San Francisco, California, those types of things. So depending upon where you are, there can be a higher pay for the same grade and step. So it's one of those things that the IRS was not willing to try and break down and say, okay, this person's in Indianapolis, Indiana, they're going to get that locality pay, even if their posted duty is in Chicago. This person is in Fresno, California, and even though their posted duty is in uh, Seattle, Washington, we're still going to give them the Fresno pay. And they didn't want to break that down by individual employee, which I could understand. So they wanted to keep that the same. And that's why you have to come in twice a pay period. So let's say you're not a field person. You're not a revenue agent. You're not a revenue officer. And maybe a few other jobs where you're out in the field doing a lot of your work. Well, if that's the case, uh, you have to be careful here because during the pandemic, the IRS has hired people who basically worked out of their homes all the time under the evacuation order who now may work more than 200 miles from the office where they're supposed to be having their post to duty. So you can get into some complicated situations. And a few issues have come up in, in discussions between employees and their management. What Can you clear up any of that confusion? Yeah, absolutely. There, You can request a hardship waiver of the 200-mile limit. And like you said, when people were hired during the pandemic or even moved during the pandemic, um, you know, they were they moved hundreds, if not thousands of miles away from their post of duty. Well, according to the contract, you need to live. You can't live more than 200 miles away from your post of duty. So if management did need to call you in for a meeting or something of that nature, uh, aside from your two days uh, per pay period, they could do so rather easily. And 200 miles is as far out as the service was willing to go. And trust me, it was kicking and screaming to get it to go from 150 to 200. They did not want to do that. So, you know, if, if your, you know, post of duty is in um, Evansville, Indiana, and you're located in San Antonio, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have quite the issue because you're going to have to move within 200 miles of that Evansville, Indiana post of duty. That's, that's going to be the bottom line for the vast majority of employees. Again, you can ask for that waiver. It's temporary and it's very, very tough to get. So I don't want to give anybody any unrealistic expectations that they'll be able to get that. You know, many years ago, when I, and I right after I retired, I worked one tax season for Intuit, which is the TurboTax company. And in uh, Intuit, you could live anywhere because they would set you up. Uh, you, you, they sent, they, they uh, shoved, shoved out some uh, software to your computer, and you would set up to take the phone calls at home. And I know I had a when I was going through my training class, it was all online, and I had people in Seattle, Washington, Las Vegas, Nevada, you know, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, all over the place, and they were all working for Intuit from wherever they happened to live. 
So people, you know, this might impact some people in toll-free, and that's a good example you gave. Let's say someone is working in the Indianapolis call center, for example, but maybe they had some relatives who needed help with, with uh, you know, their health or just needed to be there to help their relatives. So they move further than 200 miles away from the Indianapolis area. They're helping their relatives or their parents or whoever they're helping well, now they've got to move within 200 miles at least of Indianapolis to continue working for the Indianapolis call center. So am I understanding this correctly? You absolutely are. And, you know, I'm, we're not sure how many people this is going to impact. But, again, we do know that there are a sizable number of folks out there that this does hit. So we want to make sure that everybody has that clear understanding that once the evacuation order is lifted, this is going to be what management is going to be looking for for your responsibility. Now, I've seen two different dates come up that are of importance as we move forward here. One is May 8th, and the other is June 25th. Explain what's happening related to those two dates. Yeah, that confuses a heck of a lot of people and continues to do so. May 8th is the what they call the first wave, and this is for people who want to come back to the office. If you're like, oh, dear God, I cannot work at home anymore. Uh, I need to come back in. God bless you. If that's how you feel, God bless you and come on back in. Uh, you can also, um, if you have issues, past issues, and, you know, in the management meetings, I know they've discussed a lot about the AWOL. If you've had discipline for AWOL greater than a reprimand uh, for 41 hours or more, more than 40 hours, so 41 hours or more in a calendar year, and you've had actual discipline, uh, if it's a reprimand, it's two years. If it's more than a reprimand, it's in your official personnel folder forever, which means you would not be able to telework. And that's going to impact a few people. The main thing, though, that I think is going to hit uh, the vast majority of people is you need to have a fully successful evaluation. If your evaluation is minimally successful or less than minimally successful, you will not be able to telework until you get that appraisal raised. And I think that's actually going to hit a lot more people than the uh, than the Telework Act of 2010, which is where that AWOL of 41 hours or more comes from. So if you if you have those issues. You know, you're going to be asked to come in on May the 8th, so be prepared for that. If you're ready to come back in and tired of teleworking, you can come in full-time on May the 8th. For everyone else, they're looking to be the June 25th date. And when I talked about the caregiver leave earlier, that happens when your evacuation order ends. So if you have one of the circumstances I just mentioned, and May 8th is when you have to come in, that's when your caregiver leave would end. If you're coming in on June 25th, which I would imagine will impact the vast majority of employees, that's when your caregiver leave would end for you. So the, the vast majority is going to be, you know, June 25th or June 27th in actuality for most people is when they're going to be uh, scheduled to start coming in at least twice a pay period. Well, that's interesting because there's a planning opportunity there. If you have a situation where um, you need to use caregiver leave for a few more weeks, you're better off reporting June 25th. Absolutely. If you are, um, you know, if you have that situation where you are fully successful 
you're, um, you know, you don't have discipline for AWOL. You've not been, you know, you haven't had any discipline for something like, oh, I don't know, say pornography, um, which, which is listed, does come up, but that's, that's usually been executives, but we won't get into that. Um, <laughs> Hate no, to say it, but that's true. Yeah, exactly. Um, then the vast majority of the people will have those, uh, that extra five to six weeks to be able to plan that uh, to the June 25th date. Well, I want to ask you one other thing, and I think most people know this, but there are always a few people who get confused. And, uh, you know, uh, you talked about discipline, only certain kinds of discipline would knock you out of, of telework, not mm. all discipline. But again, I think you would know it if that was the case, but uh, to find somebody who is successful in their evaluation, performance evaluation, some, to find uh, what is fully successful and what is not fully successful. Yeah, fully successful. We have different things for those folks who are newer. On your appraisal, you're going to see outstanding. Um, you know, then you've got the next level, which is um, exceeds fully successful. Then you have fully successful. All of those three levels are going to be fine. There's no issues whatsoever for performance. Then you get to minimally successful and below minimally successful. And that's where you're starting to fail on some of the aspects. And management's uh, belief and their legal right is, if you're having these issues, they want you in the office where they can uh, help you uh, raise that up. Now, how they're going to help you and mentor you, there should be action plans. You should have a mentor. You should have coaching, that sort of thing. Uh, and that's all fully laid out in your contract and your local uh, chapters should be able to assist you with that if you need to have any questions or need any help with that. But those would be the circumstances where you would have to come in. How many people are under um, less than fully successful or, um, you know, fail, basically failing appraisals? I would say the percentage isn't that high, but it is probably – uh, much higher than it is for folks who've had discipline for over uh, 40 hours of AWOL in a calendar year. Well, I, let me just ask you about your own experience here in Chapter 49. How often do your stewards come <clears throat> to you and let you know you've got a performance issue where somebody is not at least fully successful? Uh, there have been there have been quite a bit. And in the last couple of, last several years, I would say, it's it's been surprising because when I first started doing this, and I've been chapter president now for uh, a little over 20 years, when I first started doing this, if you were at, um, you know, minimally successful or below minimally successful, they would be taking steps pretty rapidly to try and either improve your performance or to say, okay, you know, this job is not the best fit for you and maybe we best part ways. Uh, the last several years, it's not necessarily been that case. So there may be people out there with this that have been on an evacuation order for the last two years that have been able to work from home that are now going to be told, you know, because of your appraisal, because it's low, you're not going to be able to do this. And this, it doesn't matter whether you're in a service center or LBNI or anywhere in between, it hits everybody. So that, that does happen. And the way it should be working right now should be working is that labor relations should be sending out notices 
to people who have these types of issues, the discipline issues, the below uh, fully successful appraisals, that sort of thing, letting them know that they're not able to uh, be working at telework and that they're going to need to report to the office on that May the 8th date. Whether they're going to be able to hit everybody and everybody's going to get that word, who knows? But that's that's the plan, and that's how it should be working. One quick thing uh, as we begin to wrap this uh, podcast up, uh, the Thrift Savings Plan, we've talked about that many times on this podcast. I'm a great asset for federal employees. But uh, the, the, the TSP is going to be bringing down its website for a couple of weeks in June. What do we know about that? Yeah, basically the TSP is uh, doing a lot of modernizing. They are giving out more options for folks who want to invest in different mutual funds and do more uh, quick trading, so to speak. They're also doing a phone app. And to do all this, they're bringing down their systems, basically, uh, for darn near a month. So and if you're a TSP investor, you should have already gotten a notice on this. If not, it's on the TSP website on the exact dates that it is going to be down. But you want to make sure that, you know, if you're going to, you know, they'll still accept if you have an installment payment with them over a loan you've taken out on your TSP, they'll still be doing that. Um, your, your contributions will still be made. Your money uh, will still be there, but you want to make sure, you know, that you, any planning that you have, do it in advance and plan to be ready for it because it's basically going to be frozen for a while. Okay, Duncan, uh, final comment for this podcast. Um, well, first off, we were just past administrative day. Um, and thanks to all the uh, administrative support folks out there, you do a fantastic job. You are appreciated. We couldn't do all this without you. Um, you know, I know this is scary for a lot of folks in coming back to work. There's a lot of social anxiety. Uh, National NTU is doing the best that we can. They can to try and make sure that the health and safety of the employees is at the forefront. And they're pushing that with the IRS every single day. And then one single last word, Travis. <laughs> oh, we're not going any further with that this time. <laughs> I, I will uh, say a couple of things. Number one is that I've worked with some great uh, administrative assistants, secretaries, or whatever you call them at the time. Wonderful people and uh, helped me so much in my daily work, uh, most all my career. And I want to give a real good shout out to when I became a manager, my group, Secretary was Sally Ransom, who had worked in that uh, area for a long time. I was brand new to the operation. I was managing, and, and I had a lot of people help me, my senior people, but my secretary was definitely a very key person. Sally uh, Ransom, uh, thank you if you're listening or watching. Uh, you were the best in, in helping me out. One last thing I'll say, you know, as people begin to come back to the office, whatever amount of time they do, uh, two words. Number one, Managers, having been a former manager, please be patient with your employees. Everybody's getting used to a new environment. And employees, try to work with your managers and be patient with them. It's going to be hard for everyone. Let's make sure we all work together and try to make this work for everyone because it's not going to be easy for anybody, including chapter presidents, Duncan. Yeah, it's always going to be something fun, but that's that's what we're here for. We're here to help. And you're exactly right. It's a new world and we're just going to have to all work through it together. 
And uh, well, Duncan, two years and we're still not canceled. So I guess we should be thankful for that. You know, we're doing better than CNN Plus, as I mentioned. So we've already beaten that record and a few other podcasts that are around, by the way. So, uh, Duncan Giles, I want to thank you very much for joining us again. Uh, it's always good to talk to you. We've done almost every week. We've only missed a few weeks in the last two years. Uh, as, as I say every week, uh, you can find our podcast. You've already found it, obviously. Uh, but if you want to let other people know, please uh, share uh, the links. If you have trouble making a link out of whatever platform you're using, just uh, go to Duncan Giles. He'll put you on an email list to get uh, every week or every time we do put a podcast up, he'll have the video and audio link for you, and you can share that with others if you wish to do so. So I would like to thank everyone for a great two years. We're going to continue on after this uh, second anniversary, and for as long as uh, Duncan and I can handle it, we're going to continue uh, to do the podcast. So thanks again for watching and listening. Please be safe and be kind. <laughs>